0: Good morning! I hope you've all had a wonderful Christmas. You've probably heard this many times already, but I know it was a very different Christmas this year. It certainly was for us. But even so, I hope that you were able to be encouraged by the reminder that Jesus truly cares and knows about our real everyday life and the things that we face because He was willing to be born into it and experience it with us. Many of you have probably heard that a couple of weeks ago, my wife came down with COVID. So naturally, our December did not go at all the way we expected. She's, she's doing great now. She's recovering. She's mostly just building back up her energy at this point, but it threw off the last several weeks for real. Uh, she had to isolate for 10 days in a separate room upstairs. Uh, this is the longest that I have not seen her since we got married, and certainly the longest that our girls have ever gone without being with their mom. And so before I jump into the message, I just want to say two things about that. First, so many of you made us meals, dropped off gifts for my girls on the doorstep, offered to go to the grocery store or pick things up for us, and texted and called to check in and see how we were doing and let us know you were praying for us. Thank you. Thank you so much Uh, We felt surrounded by your love and support, and it was so meaningful to us. But I also want to say that if you're a single parent watching with us this morning, I just tried to do what you do all the time for about 10 days. And I had a lot of help along the way, and yet I felt like I didn't have a single minute for 10 days where I could have done something just because I wanted to. And at the end of it, the house was an epic Disaster. So I have always been impressed with you, but if you're a single parent, I just want you to know that your constant sacrificial love is a powerful reflection of the love of Jesus. It really is. Now, as we move on, I want to actually start us off rewinding back to Christmas Eve. A couple days ago, if you joined in with us for our Christmas Eve service, you probably heard Pastor Kirk talk about Joseph. And how Joseph was a guy who faced a lot of disappointment, a lot of unmet expectations for his life. Things didn't really go the way he planned. I mean, first of all, as Pastor Kirk mentioned, suddenly his fiancée is pregnant. Probably not a surprise that anybody wants. But even after, you know, God has sent an angel to speak to him and he started adjusting to that new expectation, then the Roman Empire declares a census And Joseph and a pregnant Mary have to travel all the way to Bethlehem to register in that. So I imagine that this whole trip just felt like a huge diversion to their real life. Just another thing getting in the way of Joseph's plans and expectations. But they travel all the way to Bethlehem. Jesus is born, and at some point they participate in the census. And at this time, if I was Joseph, I imagine what I would be thinking is, Okay, now we can finally head back to Nazareth and get on with our real lives. Now we can finally get back to normal. But right then, if you look at the Gospel of Matthew, where the story, it's one of the places where the story of Jesus' birth is told. If you look at chapter 2, verse 13, right after the story of the birth of Jesus, it says, After the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother, the angel said. Stay there until I tell you to return, because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. Wait, what? I thought we could finally go home now. You're telling me we have to move to Egypt? And you're not even going to tell me how long we're going to be stuck there? I imagine that Joseph knows what the year 2020 has felt like for most of us. 2020, I think it's fair to say, has not gone the way that any of us planned and has had a myriad of broken expectations for all of us. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not always so good at handling it when things get changed up on me, when things don't go the way I planned them. And the more work and energy I put into planning something, the harder it is for me to adjust, for me to adjust when it doesn't go that way. A couple years ago, we took the youth group on our annual retreat. Now this is a weekend away, we usually do every year, and it requires months, just tons of planning. And we have a theme and these goals for how we hope the students will connect with each other and, and grow closer to God. And I am the kind of person that thinks about all the details and all the angles, and how can we best? set up the environment for this. Now, I think being intentional and strategic is a gift from God. So I don't think that's necessarily a conflict with following the Spirit's leading. But because I'm strategic and because I care about the details, I do know that for me, it's more tempting to start to hold on to my own expectations a little too tightly. And on one retreat a few years ago, it just wasn't going to go that way. We had some logistical issues that caused us to leave a little late from the church. That made us get into extra traffic on the way. It started snowing. There was a storm, so that slowed down the drive. And there were more complications when we stopped for dinner as well. I think by the time we finally arrived, we were about two hours behind schedule. We had planned out the entire opening night and everything about it for months leading up to that, and I had to quickly and just on the fly adjust everything and just see whatever I could fit in. Nothing went the way I expected, and I switched gears into survival mode and just hoped that we could make it through the night and get back on track the next morning. A little after 2 a.m., when almost everyone had finally gone to bed, Before I went back to my cabin, I grabbed Becky Jones, one of the other youth leaders. Now, Becky has known me for a long time, and so she knows she can be totally honest with me, even if I'm not going to like it. And so I said to her, well, that went nothing like we planned it, and it felt like a total disaster. But I need another perspective. You don't need to make me feel better, but I need to really know where we're at as we go into the rest of the weekend. So, did tonight go as terribly as I think it did, or was it somehow maybe okay? At that moment for me, the range of possibility was terrible to maybe okay, but the ceiling was definitively maybe okay. In my mind, there was no hope that it had gone any better than that. But when Becky responded, she said, I actually think tonight went really well. And then she proceeded to list out a number of specific examples about our group and about different students, and how she had already seen people starting to get impacted in meaningful ways. And after she listed off a number of examples, she said to me something like this, I think it's just hard for you to see the reality right now because nothing went the way you expected. And she was totally right. When my expectations get broken, my first move is to try to figure out how I can get everything back on track. Which makes it hard for me to remember that Jesus is not surprised by this change in circumstances like I am. And that no matter how things have changed, Jesus is still at work in the middle of it all. And I think it's very tempting. It could be tempting for many of us, I know it could be for me, to go into the new year with this type of mindset. We're finally about to wrap up this disaster that was 2020. And so here comes 2021, a brand new year. Maybe this is a chance for a fresh start. Maybe we can get back to our real lives. Maybe we can get back to normal now. And if you're feeling that way, I don't want to crush your hopes. But God has been challenging me not to let my hopes get wrapped up in my own expectations. And He's been reminding me to put my hope in the fact that He will be at work in powerful and beautiful ways no matter the circumstances we find ourselves in. So I want to open up the book of Philippians this morning, and I hope this will be an encouragement to us all. Um, We're going to look at Philippians chapter 4, just a few verses towards the end of this letter. This is a book in the New Testament. If you want to open up the Bible at home, it's a little more than halfway through the New Testament. It comes after First and Second Corinthians and then Galatians and Ephesians. That's, you'll find Philippians right after that. So if you want to open up to Philippians chapter 4, we'll read that in a couple, a couple minutes, but let's pray first before we get into this passage. God, this is your living word. These are not just words on a page. This is something that you speak to us right now and into our circumstances. So Lord, no matter how we're feeling, no matter how we've been experiencing this past year, no matter what lies ahead, I ask that you would speak to us with your word this morning and help us to see from your perspective as we go into this year. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we're going to look at a couple verses, as I said, towards the end of the letter, but I want to give a little context here first. So the book of Philippians is a letter that the apostle Paul wrote to the church in the Greek city of Philippi, which he had started several years before. And when he wrote this letter, he was not in the best of circumstances. Paul has found himself in prison, and this is not the first time for him. We don't know completely for sure which prison stint this is, but we're pretty sure the evidence points to his time in Rome while he was awaiting a chance to go on trial before the emperor. So this is not a great situation to be in. And to fill in a little more background, one helpful thing to know about the Roman prison system is that when you are in jail in the Roman Empire, they do not provide for any of your needs. And when I say any, I mean any. They don't give you food They don't give you clothes. They don't do anything to try to meet any of your needs. So you have to rely on your family members and your friends coming to visit with supplies, maybe sending you things, or supporting you with enough money that you can manage to pay for whatever you need to survive while you're in prison. And at this point in the letter to the Philippian church, Paul is thanking them because they sent him some gifts while he's been in prison here. But he wants to clarify that he's not just saying this to sort of subtly hint at the fact that, you know, he could really use a little more help. He's still in prison. Maybe a few extra packages would be nice. Well, He's thanking them, but really he also wants to point their hope towards Jesus. So in Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13, this is what we read. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. While reflecting on this passage, I noticed two things about Paul's outlook here. The first is that he doesn't just have some sort of denial, you know, optimistic, naive thinking, or just like he's trying to just say positive thoughts to himself. He's not just sitting there reminding himself, Paul, prison's not so bad. Just look on the bright side. Life will take a turn for the better soon. It must, right? He, he recognizes and readily admits the real circumstances he's in. He is sometimes hungry. He feels the physical pain of genuinely not having enough food to eat. He knows what it's like to go without having his basic needs met. But Paul also doesn't go into despair. He's in a difficult situation, and that has a real impact on him, but he doesn't believe that's the whole story because Paul believes that there is a power at work stronger than his circumstances. In the Greco-Roman culture that Paul lived in, the general belief about the world was that things are the way they are, And life goes the way it does because there are all number of forces at work in and on the world, and these powers all compete with each other and combine together, and whatever the result, that's how life goes as we end up experiencing it. This is why someone in Paul's time might go to a fortune teller or a sorcerer. Or make a sacrifice to any of the various Greek or Roman gods. Because they were trying to find a way to get some of those powers on their side. How can I get some of these forces to work for me? To improve my situation? But Paul sees this all a little bit differently. Well, he would agree that there are many different factors and forces that affect our lives, he doesn't see them all as being quite so random. And definitely not equal in power. And that's why he says, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. This word strength here can also mean power. And what Paul is saying is, I can put my hope in the power of Jesus because that is stronger than the power of my circumstances. Now, this verse is sometimes translated as, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And it's very easy to misunderstand this verse or to take it out of context. It's often been used to convey the idea that I can do anything in the world if I just have enough faith. And of course, God often does work through us in powerful ways that we could never imagine or accomplish on our own. But this verse is not saying, if I, Matt Gansenberg, just believe in the power of Jesus deeply enough, then I can be the starting quarterback for the New England Patriots. I know, I know. I'm only five foot nine on a good day. There's just there's just not a lot to work with here. But that's not so different than reading this verse and thinking that God is making a promise here that we will be successful or we can have prosperity if we just have enough faith. That's not the point of this passage. What Paul is trying to communicate is that his hope doesn't depend on his circumstances. His peace doesn't depend on his circumstances. Even his joy does not depend on his circumstances. He's been through a lot of ups and downs at this point, and he has learned a secret that allows him to be content in any and every situation. And this secret is that the power of Jesus is at work in him and is going to be with him no matter what circumstances he finds himself in, and it is stronger than all of those powers. When things suddenly change, Paul can be flexible. When life doesn't go the way he wants... Paul can still be content. When hardships and trouble come, Paul is resilient because Paul trusts that Jesus is going to be with him, that Jesus is going to be building him up, that Jesus is still able to use him for good, and that Jesus is always building his kingdom no matter the circumstances. Jesus is always building something even in the middle of our broken expectations. And the focus here. And Philippians is on the strength and power of Jesus, but this is also very closely connected to the love of Jesus, which is why in another letter that Paul writes to another church, as he talks about how we can live out the love of Jesus, he says, "'Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. Love is always hopeful, and love endures through every circumstance.'" The love he's talking about, the love he's encouraging us to live into is a love that we first have to receive from Jesus because both the power and the love of Jesus are never limited by our circumstances. This past year has been full of difficult circumstances and broken expectations for all of us. But that doesn't mean that Jesus took the year off. There is a reality greater than our circumstances, and Jesus has still been working in us, building each of us up, and building His kingdom even in the middle of all that has gone on in 2020. A couple weeks ago, I read an article by a pastor and leadership guru, Kerry Newhoff, and the article uh, was titled, Why You Should Lower Your Expectations for 2021. A very uplifting title, I know, but it caught my eye, so I was reading it. And actually, he was not trying to be a downer, but the point he was making really overlaps with this passage from Philippians. He was essentially essentially trying to encourage his readers, don't put your hope into the new year just magically solving all your problems. Don't expect that 2021 is somehow going to bring us back to the perfect situation, Please don't put your hope and expectations into circumstances. And I'm going to paraphrase this part a little bit, but what stuck out to me most was a sentence where he said, in difficult situations, great leaders can face the brutal facts for what they are, but still hold on to hope in something greater. Now, I don't know whether you lead people, you might be leading a project, or you're just trying to figure out how to lead your own life. But I think this is significant because it's essentially what Paul did when he was in prison. It doesn't help to deny our circumstances when they get difficult and pretend they're not so bad and try to force our expectations back on the world. But we also don't have to fall into despair. Because we have a hope in someone who is so much stronger and so much more powerful than any circumstances that we can face. This past year has felt chaotic. It's felt frustrating. It's felt discouraging. For some of us, it's felt frightening and even heartbreaking. And I don't want to minimize the real brokenness and the loss that we've experienced But I also know that just like when we went on that retreat and I needed another perspective, sometimes when we're overwhelmed by our circumstances, when we're in the middle of broken expectations, we can't see the full picture of reality clearly. So I want to encourage you today as a response to our time of worship to take a few minutes to reflect a little bit. Reflect over this last year while remembering that God was not surprised by it. And God was still at work in you and around you and in all of it. There's going to be a couple prompts that pop on the screen in a minute. If you want to take a picture of those or you want to rewind back afterwards, I'd love for you to use these as a guide for reflection. So first of all, what difficult circumstances did Jesus walk through with you this year? And don't just kind of name concepts that everybody went through. I mean for you personally. For you, what was difficult about this year? And what did God walk through with you? Second, how did Jesus love you or bless you through others this year? Third, how did Jesus work through you to love and bless others this year? And lastly, I want you to ask God, what do you have for me? as I look toward a new year? Are you challenging me to grow in some way? Are you inviting me to put something new into action? Are you offering me an encouragement that I need to hear? When we wrap up after our closing time of worship in a moment, I want you to reflect on all this stuff. You can pray through it, you can journal about it, however you want to connect with God over that. And you can save this and use it in the future whenever you find yourself in circumstances that you wish you could change. But as we turn the page to a new year, 2021 may bring just amazing things and it may exceed our greatest expectations. But it also may take a while before anything feels different at all. And we may be tempted towards even more disappointment. But Jesus keeps building even in our broken expectations. So no matter what circumstances come our way, live in His strength. Find contentment in Him. Receive His peace. Be filled with His joy. Let Him give you the gift of flexibility and build up your resilience, and most of all, put your hope only in Jesus. Let's pray. Jesus, this has been a tough year We have to be honest and say that all of us were not ready for this. And in varying ways, many of us have gone through a lot that was very difficult. But we know, we trust, you came into this world, you were willing to live a life among us and sacrifice yourself on the cross for us, God. And so we know that you have not been absent. We know that you have continued to work, that you are continuing to work in us, to be with us, to build us up, to build your kingdom around us. So, Lord, let us see how you've been doing that today and remind us that as we go forward, no matter what circumstances come up. We pray this in the power and the strength of your name, Jesus. Amen.